podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all. You are now locking with your boy, I'll be sure. And today on the Tortillas and Takes podcast, it is time to talk football once again. And so because we are talking football, I had to, one, for one, bring on the people's champ himself. That is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albert? So glad to be on today because we are just, again, in the transition towards the big uh, the big fall season with lots of things going on, but there's a lot of things happening right now, and we have a lot of things to talk about. I can't, we can't sleep a week in Lubbock, Texas without just a bunch of things happening. So we're gonna get to that. I'm telling you, because like we're talking about the big fall, like we don't even know right now as we're sitting here in early May, we don't even know what the fall is really gonna look like because of we don't know what teams are gonna be here, what teams are not gonna be here, whether it's this fall, next fall, who knows? But to talk about all the craziness that's going on, we did bring on our guy from Red Raider Sports, that is Chris Level. Chris back on the pod. What's up, man? Thank you for uh having me on. And you're right. It is uh it is insanity in the, the world of college sports right now. But uh bring it on. Just uh pour it all over me, you know, because I mean this is yeah, what 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 are you gonna do? I don't know which way's up, which way's down, uh what day it is and, and who's coming going, what team anybody's on, but that that's the, the these are the rules, right? Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> That's, that's that's right. Well, speaking of which, and I actually didn't even tell you we're going to talk about this pre-pod, but uh, news that did come out recently is that Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, currently in the American Athletic, said that they wanted to, they're going to join the Big 12 early. Now, they are currently scheduled to join in the in 2024, summer of 2024. Um, they are going to pay almost up to $20 million to come in 2023. There's rumblings they may even come in the very next season, 2022. Um, I mean, I'll start off with you, Chris. What is what is your opinion? What where when do you expect those three schools and actually BYU currently scheduled for 23? When do you expect those four to join in the Big 12? Yeah, I, I would say that you're you're still dealing like this coming fall. You're still dealing with a ten team league. This will be traditional. Uh, but 23 at this point right now, I expect it to be a 14 team mm-hmm. league. Uh, and I think this is the reason why there is, um, you know, there's a sense of urgency in trying to get a new commissioner in place. There is a sense of urgency in trying to figure out, you, you know, are, are we going to have divisions? Uh, there's a report out that they won't have divisions and they want to just basically put the top two teams together and play in a, in a title game that way. Uh, but these are things that, uh, a, a new commissioner needs to hit the ground running on and get it sorted out because we're sitting here at the first of May and typically at the end of November, early December, you get the football schedule for the following season. And, and I think, uh, I think with that, they, they want to have a commissioner in place and, and get all that squared away. But uh, yeah, right now I think you're trying to, uh, you know, and, and I think there's going to be 14 teams in the league is bottom line uh, to answer the question. 
uh albert left us for a second but he's about to join us again so it's all it's all good i never i never missed a beat i was i, I stayed you steady. Skip a beat, I, was Chris. There through, you. I was there throughout um but that's what that's what i think there's lots of reporting going on and what you have too so we're clear you have conference meetings going on in phoenix right now okay big 12 meetings and so I, I think you'll start to see a lot of the news come out of these meetings about direction. I, I, I will tell you, too, I, I've, I've been told that Oklahoma and Texas are, quote-unquote, ready to negotiate. And I don't know if the Big 12 wants to negotiate. I don't know why you would. I think Texas is ready to pay whatever buyout that there would be, but Oklahoma is not necessarily wanting to do that. I don't know what you gain by letting them out early if if it's not full price and so that's kind of but i mean you're going to start to see some things come out here maybe even this week as far as what the conference's thought process is but i'll tell you you you, you want to know if these teams are in the league or not next year well guess what most of those coaches are at these conference meetings i mean it was no it was a noted absence today that kelvin sampson wasn't at the big 12 meetings okay what's that tell you Okay, so they they have some of these folks. They're already including them in in, in future conference meetings, even though they're technically not a part of the league yet. So that take that for what you what it's worth. Yeah, I mean that's and that's actually that's telling you something right there, right? I think the Big Twelve, the other the the important twelve anyway, um, are ready to move on. They're ready to move forward. They're ready to have the new teams kind of joining the conference. I am of the belief, and I told I told this in our in our chat earlier today that. Or, or yesterday, whenever it happened, I don't think I think Texas and Oklahoma are going to do whatever it takes to not be in a fourteen team conference. And it, however, I think if they're going to do if they're willing to do one year in it, they'll they'll just ride out the wave. So it's going to be an all or nothing type of situation. If if um, I agree with you, Chris, and that I think that twenty three is going to be the first year that this happens. Um, but if they end up, if Oklahoma and Texas don't leave the Big Twelve in twenty three. They're not gonna. They're also gonna be there in 24. They're just gonna ride the whole wave out. But it's one or the other. Um, I do know that Texas, like you said, Texas wants. They don't. This. They want no part of this 14 team league. But I love chaos, and nothing screams more chaos than a 14 team league. Team league where everybody wants to beat Oklahoma and Texas, including the new guys, for two years. What do you think, Jeremy? And you have legitimate people who could do that in the new group of uh, the new group that's coming in. Yeah, I, I mean, we've touched on a multiple points here. I think number one, I think a lot of people got excited about it today because that circulated from the Bleacher Report that, oh yeah, don't forget that Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are you know all this big money. You know, dro- you drop the millions, uh, oh seventeen to twenty millions. This going on, Big Twelve next season, and then we read that and we were like, oh, like this, like upcoming. 2022 in the fall uh and the reality is that the reference there is to brett mcmurphy's discussion about them joining in 23 brett mcmurphy is a college football insider who has probably one of the most serial killer-esque avatars on twitter uh but he is reliable source of information and so because of that um you know a lot of people just really jumped to it and it kind of sparked this conversation that we're doing now and in my opinion oh hell yeah give me a 14 team league where everybody just wants to dunk on ut and oklahoma before they leave and between cincinnati and houston like byu is kind of the variable here but between cincinnati and houston those are two teams that could really give them you know a run for their money um cincinnati especially and so uh, you know how does ut how do you, how does ut and oklahoma operate within that when they're trying to play this more slow role like okay we're definitely leaving the big 12 but here's our road out 
And then the speculation that comes along with that, everybody's like, okay, they're going to leave earlier. No doubt they're going to leave earlier. You know, what pressure does it put on those teams? I'm with you, Albie. Like, what pressure does it put on UT and Oklahoma of like, oh my God, you have all these new teams coming in. Um, and your intention is to leave this, you know, if it gets exciting and you stick it out for a year, uh, what does that mean? Like, are you going to re- it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe we should run the length of this or maybe we shouldn't. Uh, I really don't care how Oklahoma and UT navigate that. I really don't. Uh, I really would love to get the rest of those guys in here as soon as possible. Um, just because with the way that the conferences are shifting with the way, all this discussion about like PAC 12, you know, falling off the edge of the earth or maybe becoming the super conference, like all that jazz, it's kind of like on our doorstep always. I'd like to get the teams in here to start establishing, you know, new rivalries to start establishing, you know, schedules to start, you know, get this thing up and running so that the big 12 can get a step forward, especially when a new commissioner is coming in uh, and just kind of hit the ground running with that all at one time would be really good in my opinion. So y'all have both talked about a new commissioner coming in. Like we like it was mentioned, Bob Bowlesby is stepping down. Um, ding dong. <laughs> a lot of people say ding dong, the witch is dead in a way. Um, Bob Bowlesby, uh, he's a guy that, won't be very well missed by most fans, I would say. Um, but I, I do know he did have a good working relationship with most of the ADs, most of the administrations. He was very much a, a people's person when it came to that. So I know he'll be missed on that front, but, um, he, I mean, he got a big, big part of the blame when it come, came to this old Texas and Oklahoma leaving, not Big 12, not necessarily being proactive. So with that, the first question that fans have is, well, who's going to replace him? And one popular name that we've heard that people have just, assume just thought of is is you know kirby hocut that's a name that's been brought out there of course um the name that you know i personally think is is kind of been waiting in the raft in the wings for the past year or two is oliver luck um i mean chris what is your opinion there on not only bob bowles be leaving but who might replace him you, you know and, and the first question is is this a desirable job you know because it, it is I think depending on who you ask, it, it is a job that would be like, oh, this this is going to be tricky because make no mistake, th- this thing could be back wide open again from a conference standpoint at the end of 25. You know, I mean, if are you telling me if, if Texas Tech has an offer to go to wherever, they're not going to to jump on it if it if it suits them best, and, and and that goes for all parties here, and and I think that you know there could be Pac-12 schools that you want to, but you know that that's a whole separate conversation. So I, I just say that to suggest that the Big 12 commissioner's job is not exactly like squeaky clean when you when you're rolling into this, is there's uncertainty on the horizon. Uh, but I, I, I've been told that Kirby would be interested in it. I've been told that uh, this isn't maybe not the best time for him right now uh, because he's got a, a son that's a freshman on the Tech football team, and he's got, I believe, a, his other son's a senior at Friendship. So I, I, I don't know. I do know that it would double his salary, I think, give or take. And, you know, Bob Bowlesby was basically asked to leave. You know, they gave him fourteen million dollars, and I don't know how they'll pay that out. But they were like, you know, you, you, your, your, your time is up. We, we wanna, we wanna move on, and we want somebody else in place. Kirby, Shane Lyons, uh, the athletic director at uh, West Virginia, Ed Stewart, uh, who is already in the conference office right now, uh, Oliver Luck, who is uh, a consultant, I think, at the conference office. The, these are these are names, or is it somebody we've never really even heard of? You know, that that's the question. Well, so one name is. One name that a lot of people don't like, including myself, is Kirk Schultz from Washington State, former uh, Kansas State 
AD currently at Washington State. Um, not really a guy that's going to shake the table. Not really a guy that's been known to be proactive. Um, a guy that Kansas State fans were actually pretty happy to see leave. Uh, he's another name that we've recently heard heard come up. Um, actually, and I'm I, I, from what I understand, they actually used to call him Kick Schultz, which I don't really know where that nickname comes from, but <laughs> but sure, okay. Um, I do think that we're talking about you. You just mentioned Chris as far as the 2025. I think this decision has a lot to do with what schools may do like, and that's my, one of my biggest things when it comes to a guy like Kirk Schultz is that that decision, you pick a guy like him as your commissioner. What's not to say other schools say, you know what? This is just not a good choice. We it's time to go back to where we were a year ago and let's see what else is out there. Hey, ACC, big 10 pac 12. How do you like us now? Are we more valuable now? What are we looking like? What's the opportunity here? Um, Just with this, like this is the first of many big decisions that the conference has to make. Yeah, and, and and the immediate one is, how do we schedule this? How what are what are what what kind of dollars are we looking like that we can get if we do stay together? That that's what just drops in the lap immediately. Like, okay, how, how can I maximize revenue? How many basketball games should we play in the regular season? What's the do we have divisions in football? What 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 networks can we you know tap into? I mean, the, the, these are all things that the the whoever is named this commissioner. I mean, which, you know, is going to be in the next month to six weeks, I guess, if not sooner. Th- this is going to be something that is on their plate from the get-go. And it's really not something they have time to warm up to. It's like right now. Like, you've got to start deciding things like right now. And because that's all anybody is worried about. How much money do we get? Or, or what are we doing this for if there's not a lot of money here? And, and how, you know, and, and, the, and the consultants from the TV standpoint will tell you if you guys will play nine conference games versus eight or whatever it may be, this is how much money you can expect to get. And this is where we can put you and, and all these things. But it's going to be fascinating. And if it is Kirby, man, it leaves a, that's a, that's a hole to fill for real. I mean, that's, people can say whatever they want, but he's widely respected. He's got tons of great relationships. And I don't know exactly where you go from there. Uh, if if you do have to replace him, but hopefully we don't have to worry about it. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that'd be that'd be tough. Not only Bob Bowlesby stepping down, but another one, Mark Emmert, the NCAA president, is also stepping down, and he's another guy that a lot of people have mixed relationship on relationships on. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think as far as with Mark? I mean, with Mark Emmert stepping down, does that? Like, how does that affect us as Red Raiders, as Big Twelve fans? Like, does that really affect us at all, or is that well, well, another dig dong that which is down? Gonna want. <laughs> Especially not right exactly. now. Exactly. Uh, Emirates in one of those positions. It's like you know, if you're if you're the head of any kind of organization at that, you know, world soccer or NFL, you're just public enemy number one. You can't please anybody. You're just there to fit the. You're you're just the monarch who sits there and holds the staff, and you have a whole team, uh, organization below you that makes everything go right. And you cause a lot of rifts along the way, and you create a lot of waves, and that's kind of your shtick. Um, I can't imagine, uh, but Chris brings up a good point. Like the salaries on these things are massive for a reason. You're basically taking, you're saying like, hey, you're going to take a hit. You're going to take a public. Uh, you're you're going to take a massive hit on your public opinion about you. Here's compensation for that. Sit in the chair, and we'll make this thing go. Uh, how does that affect Texas Tech? Man, I don't think it affects us at all. I think that we're just so far downstream of this that if it affects Texas Tech, it's because it's affecting the entirety of the NCAA as a whole. And uh, it's nothing personal. It's just entirely like 
everything falls apart or what have you. But that the way that these things are run, the way that the, the, they probably already have somebody in mind that they're going to put in place for Emmett, uh, Emmert, um, and maybe they don't. But like with the level that that is, not I don't think we should be worried about that. It's a fun storyline, means nothing to me. <laughs> In the uh, in the land of, of NIL and the land of of transfer rules and transfer laws, the NCAA president means nothing to you. <laughs> well, and, and maybe we are back in the wild west, Albert. That's right. And the and, and the poor NCAA, like even just in the last day or so, they come out and they're like, "Hey, we're going to start trying to police this NIL stuff. We we can't have boosters paying kids." for no work and all that. Well, yeah, good luck. I mean, you know, Kansas got caught doing things, you know, with the wiretaps and the FBI and all that stuff like five years ago, nothing. And now you're going to try to put the toothpaste back in the tube on that. Just save it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, good luck. There's folks out in, there's folks out in Stillwater that are still pissed about the slap on the wrist Kansas got. And yet, meanwhile, they got a full, yeah, you know, it's, and be. I think that's the biggest, the big, I, I would say that the biggest I want to say stain, but I will say the, the one thing that I can think of when I think of Mark Emmert is that throughout his tenure, it was inconsistencies and in all types of punishments, all types of things that were doled out. Everything was inconsistent. Some guys, you had some situations where, you know, Heisman's were taken away that for given because they ate a $20 hamburger, but then a full NC, uh, institutional FBI investigation leaves nothing for a team like Duke or like, you know, and it's just picking and choosing where you want to be tough and not that's, that's kind of my, my thing. That's and on, on for me, that's where Mark Emmert's legacy is going to be like for me. And I don't know if that's like for everybody else, but that's the main thing I'm going to remember when I think about his presidency. And um, that's a, uh, that's a pretty crappy way to, to go out. Uh, he, he just kept his head in the sand with all this NIL stuff, yeah. hoping it would just go away. And it, guess what? It didn't. Well, well, if if you are like any of us and are hoping to not necessarily go away or anything like that, but really build up, build up everything in your profile, build up everything in your portfolio, you got to hit up my man, Adam Goldman, the franchise coach. He is a franchise consultant that's very experienced, serial entrepreneur, franchisee, and he's going to be there to change your life and help you get the the franchise that you want, the franchise that you need, and really be able to put you in the right direction. And that's at FranchiseCoach.net with Adam Goldman. And if you want to know how much it's going to cost to have Adam Goldman on your side, that answer is nothing, $0. He doesn't charge you. He just makes his money on the back end when you get paid. So when you get paid, he gets paid and everybody wins. So make sure to go to franchisecoach.net and hit up my guy, Adam Goldman. So we had you here, Chris, because we did definitely want to talk about just all the football going, going on, goings on around the country, but also the spring game. You got a chance to call the uh, football spring game a few weekends ago and the team looked good. The thing about spring games that I always find funny is that fans will watch the spring game and um, everybody is cheering for good offensive stuff or cheering for big hits or cheering for this, that, and the other. Uh, but the thing about spring games is that for every, um, every mossed catch means somebody got mossed on, on your team for every touchdown scored, a touchdown was given up. So there's, it's really hard to, to gauge uh, how the full team looks, but what players stood out to you Chris the, the first thing that people I think were wanting to look at it it's it, I thought you were going to make a different point but you you made the, you made a, a good one in that in that there's always good and bad on every play when it's your team you're watching scrimmage each other 
But uh, it's always fascinating to me, too, how people have these takeaway opinions off of one hour of what is essentially one of 15 practices. And they, they assume this guy won the quarterback job or this guy should be our starting running back or whatever. And it's just, it's really a a one of 15 practices. And there was things in that scrimmage, you know, quarterbacks not allowed to get hit. We all know that they're not live. They're not technically allowed to run or not supposed to, it was frowned upon. There was some things defensively, like we're not going to blitz, we're not going to do that. So without knowing all that and knowing exactly what they wanted, it's hard to kind of have a takeaway on any kind of opinion on, on, for example, like between Shuck and and Barron and Donovan, okay, who had the best day and and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, as far as like players that stood out, I thought, I, I thought, here's my takeaway. I think you have a really good back end of your defense. Maybe one of the best that you've had in a, in a decade. Uh, you have five really good safeties and three really good corners. Some of which made some big plays in that game. Uh, we, we all remember, you know, Tyler Shuck's first pass, which was a pick six to Rashad Williams. I think Rashad Williams could end up being a, an NFL corner. The, he but, is real, real quick, not not to cut you off. I think Rashad Williams, and he's a guy that was targeted a lot last year, right? There was a couple games where teams said we were going to go Demarcus Fields. That guy's a little bit of a beast. We we're only going to go on one side, and it worked. I think Rashad Williams, and I mentioned this last year that I thought that he is a guy that has a lot of room to grow, and it's just he's young. I think we've already seen that jump. I think we were already that spring game. I thought he played fantastically, and we're already seeing that jump for him to being for him becoming a premier corner. Yeah, I, I think he's got a chance potentially to be in maybe a conversation as far as all conference goes. I mean, I think that he's. Uh, I, I just think they feel really good about Rayshad and and Adrian Fry and Malik Dunlap, those three corners, and you've got five really good safeties. The linebacker position is what concerns me. Just because, and and it and it, uh, I mean, well, unless you're Georgia, unless you're Georgia, and you just have them waiting in the wings, you just don't replace guys like Colin Schooler and Rico Jeffers and and Morgan Stern for what he was able to bring, even though he spent much of last year kind of dinged up and everything like that. But Colin Schooler is just he he's a dude, and I'm shocked that he's not, you know, been attached to any NFL team just yet. Understand? I mean, you, you've, I feel like we know what we're talking about half the time, but like to see that guy not even getting a, an invite yet or a free agent deal is crazy to me. But uh, but that that so replacing guys like that because you're talking about Jacob Rodriguez, maybe replacing him. He's a Virginia transfer that potentially would start. I think he's a really good football player. He's just kind of raw and came here as a quarterback transfer. You know, he played uh, quarterback and some safety at Wichita Falls Ryder, but he's going to play linebacker for you. But he's a football playing dude, man. And so that part, that position in general just kind of concerns me. Dimitri Moore, another transfer, could be a starter. You just don't have a lot of proven experience. And, again, it's more of a compliment to Schooler and Rico and guys like that. Uh, offensive line-wise, it's hard to figure out, like when you watch the spring game, half of your offensive line that probably is your starting five isn't even here yet or, or was able to play in that game. And, and and that you can tell when they took over, this was the red flashing light. We need serious help here. 
So they went and got Michael Shanahan. They went and got, you know, I mean, you, you got one from what? Monroe Mills from Oklahoma State. You know, Ty Buchanan from USC. Uh, Cole Spencer from Western Kentucky. Because Cole Spencer is going to start somewhere. Kate Briggs, maybe you're starting center. He didn't participate in this game yet. So that, that position is is a bit unclear as it relates to the spring game. But I, I have a feeling that them being able to work with these guys in the summer, which used to not be allowed. Now they, you know, what you get two or three hours of field time per week. This is going to be crucial for that particular group. And, you know, somebody like Stephen Hamby and Zach Kitley getting those guys on the same page. But, um, and, and, you know, and then Sir Roderick Thompson didn't play, you know, just to, just to kind of bounce around on the position. Sir Roderick Thompson didn't play. He's one of your best players on your team. Uh, Taj Brooks looked good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, and, and I sure wish Eric Izukama was just still in a Texas Tech uniform. That would, uh, I, I would, yeah, that, that would please me greatly if, uh, if he was in fact still in a, in a Texas Tech uniform. Cause you don't, you don't really have that proven guy on the outside and you're going to have to develop that or somebody's just going to have to step up. My guess is that's probably Jaron Bradley, but there's my kind of synopsis from, uh, from above there, I guess. Yeah, we've heard some good things about JB. JB seems to really be that receiver that's trying to fill the void. Now, it's hard to fill a void when you lose a guy like Eric Zucama, but it seems like Bradley is trying to be that guy. Um, it seems like Miles Price is also getting good looks there. But I am glad you said what you said about the linebackers because me and Jeremy are on opposites about this. And I agree with you, Chris. I agree that the, it's we it's a lot of production we're losing and that we have Krishan Merriweather. Which Krishan Merriweather is is really stepped up into become the that Rico Dakota Allen like that mold of the the primary uh primary you know Mike linebacker in the middle there and he's really stepping up there and he's somehow even bigger I don't know how that's even possible but he is um but that's it like everybody else has something they have to prove to really step and fill those voids uh but Jeremy's he, he I, I last we talked about he feels this is we're becoming <laughs> we're becoming linebacker you in the eyes of in the eyes of Jeremy and and another 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 person we have on staff Kenzie and um uh, Jeremy defend yourself We've started the we've already started the dynasty I mean when you had Dakota Allen make the storied return to division one and have the tremendous, like he would, it was just like the ultimate story of redemption for Allen to come back to be playing well and to get drafted. Uh, or was he a UDFA? What no, he was, was drafted. Yes. Um, he was drafted Allen. seventh round, mm-hmm. right? Seventh round of the Rams, the Rams. Yeah. Wait, Rams. That's right. Uh, so you have Allen drafted and then Jordan Brooks coming out of like, not left field. Like I was like, okay, Brooks is great. Then he goes in the first round, right? I mean, that's nuts. And you know what? Seattle has been <laughs> cashing that check. Um, and then you have Rico Jeffers after that, who's playing really well and wanted to step into that position. But luckily you had Colin Schooler all like come in. And I mean, the fact that he didn't get drafted guys, we can be honest and real. Like the fact is that that's, that's an abomination. The guy's a monster. Um, he will be playing mm-hmm. on Sundays. And so, for me, hey, it's man, like, don't stop. It don't seems stop there. Unwise. Take it back to Brian Duncan, right? Take it back to Marlon Williams. <laughs> be, be dunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just giving you the, the 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 quarter the quarter of the dynasty here. The thing is that that like we can look at like I don't know about Krishan Merriweather. Um, I don't know about you know X Y Z that's coming in to fit in the linebacker role. But the way that it's been uh, over a number of different coaches in that position. 
it's just like, I don't know. I'm not going to fight that magic. I think that Krishan Merriweather, yeah, he's gotten bigger and leaner, which is nuts. This guy's a monster. For him to settle into that role would be incredible. And it'd be like, he's got the body to be a run stopper. And like, if he's coached well, and again, this multiple defense thing that they're trying to implement, if he's able to fit into this multiple defense look, he's going to be a very dangerous linebacker no matter how he floats, right? Because he's going to be fitting into multiple defensive schemes. It's it's just, it, it takes a high IQ. He's got the body for it. If he fits into the high IQ defensive scheme, it's great. And I think that that just continues like this, the, the, the strength of the linebacking yeah, it, core, but it'll if, take, it'll if take you effort. think about like, uh, we always do some of these things over in River sports in the summertime. Like you talk about your top players and everything like that. But if you talk about like in, in, in important players, or who who is because when I say important, it's like okay, who can I least afford to lose? If we're playing without him on a Saturday, we're screwed. You know, like and typically you look at your center, you may look at your quarterback. All of a sudden, but but think about that linebacker group. If you take Merriweather off of it, if you, if you're without him for a Saturday or an extended month, you're 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 dealing with a bunch of guys that just simply have not done it yet, and that's the part that makes me really nervous because Merriweather in the last couple of years. He he plays hard. I think he has had a hard time picking up schemes. They had to simplify under Keith Patterson, so he could you know because he, he a junior college guy. He would just man. He he just like read and react. I mean, he's not you know in in in, in a lot of complex schemes and all that. But he he's picked this up. What Coach Deruder's trying to do. But if you just if you take him out, it's like okay, because Tyreek Matthews hasn't done it really at this level just yet. Derek Lewis hasn't really done it at this level just yet. There's there's just a lot of questions there. That's the part that. Whereas I felt like last year, Merriweather's kind of like the third or fourth or fifth guy that you're mentioning. That just spoke to how good that particular group was uh, with uh, with with Rico and, and and Colin out there. But uh, I hope you are right, uh, Jeremy. I hope you are right. Well, and, and uh, oh, go ahead, Jim. I am right. Don't worry about it. Just rest with me in the gotcha. correctness. Rest with me in the rightness. We're good. Well, when it comes to that thought of like the, the most important player, and I, I won't necessarily say that this player to me is the most important because we do have, we mentioned Rayshon Williams. We mentioned, uh, I, we haven't mentioned him yet, but I also think Reggie Pearson is a big piece in that secondary. Um, but the best, and I think this guy, and I'm actually – I think I've been kind of holding off on this, but I actually think I'm going to say that I think this is the best player on this team. I believe is Muddy Waters. I another guy that for somehow has gotten even bigger, and it seems like he's going to play like three different positions throughout the year. Um, it, Muddy Waters is he was a guy that I think hurt the defense last year when he got hurt. Right, the defense took a little bit of a dip with that with that big loss, um, but he looks healthy. He looks even bigger, and he looks ready to go. And he's another one. He's to me, the best player, not just on the defense, but maybe even the entire team. Yeah, he he and uh, Tyler Shuck got hurt in Austin in about a 10-minute real-time span at the end of the first quarter, early second quarter. And that game was not exactly going great at that point. And it just – because Muddy was the quarterback of the defense. I mean, Muddy, Muddy's an NFL guy, I think, I mean, for sure. And he plays uh, – I think you've got – Coach DeRuder, I think he calls it basically that star position, I think is the name of it, which is like this this hybrid. It's kind of a big-bodied safety. 
and I think you're right. It, they they want somebody that can play man, somebody that can play uh, some zone, somebody that can you put in the box and blitz a little bit. Muddy can do all those things. Reggie Pearson can do all those things. Um, I think Tyler Owens, the Texas transfer, can do a lot of those things. So um, it uh, yeah, that that's where the strength of your team is right there, in my opinion, from a position group. But yeah, I don't disagree with you about Muddy Waters at all. Yeah. So before we get off of the spring game, I, I got it. We got to talk quarterback. Got to talk it. I know, I know it's every, it's, we cannot talk, not, we cannot not talk about the spring game and not talk quarterback. Um, in this game, Tyler Shuck did throw those two interceptions, including that pick six right from the get go. Um, which was a little bit on the line. Well, a lot on the line's fault, to be honest, but, um, it's, Baron Morton looked good in his time out there. Now, of course, he's, they were rotating quarterbacks, but most of the time when Baron looked good, he wasn't necessarily playing against the ones. Um, uh, Donovan Smith didn't really get an opportunity to really show us what he was able to show us last year. But, uh, you know, that's, but what do you think, Chris, as far as what is your synopsis of those three and how they played? I mean, at this point, I think, uh, I think that. Tyler Shuck still needs to be beaten out. He, he had a, a bad throw right there, you know, to start it out. And I don't know if that was on him, the receiver, the DB makes a good one, whatever. Um, but, you know, uh, Donovan Smith his, didn't his really get an opportunity to, to really show us what he was able to show us run. last year. What people but, like you know, that's, too, what do you think, Chris, as far as what is just an of those three and how they play? I still think I mean, it's, at it's this Tyler, point, I think, uh, I think that. In the summer. I will say, though, it's not just lip service to say that it's a close race. I don't think that, that they've decided it and they're just kind of trying to keep it that way publicly uh, because I think Donovan can do some things. And, and I, I think, too, that Zach – and, and Coach McGuire, uh, who's going to be tasked with trying to decide who plays, I don't think they're opposed at all to playing more than one guy. And I, I feel weird about that because I've kind of always been opposed to that. You know, Sonny tried to do some of that last year when he kind of incorporated Donovan in a little bit when Columbia was the starter. But I think if, if say, a guy like Shuck is, is the starter, there's still things that they want Donovan to do. There's still things that – short yardage red zone whatever and i just it, it's hard for me to believe that that baron could beat out both of those guys as young as he is because i think as good as you see him on some days other days he can look really inconsistent uh but it's all in front of baron baron's got a bright future he just makes things happen he's really good on the run he throws with different arm angles and different things like that it's kind of fun to watch uh because he just kind of moves the team down the field but i just think you're in a really good spot right now with your quarterback situation because i here's the here's the main takeaway here whoever is third string is going to be one of the best third string quarterbacks in the big 12 conference that is a fact and that tells you how good and how deep your room is because any of these guys can win a game you know, for you in the Big 12. I don't know if uh, they can all win and win big for extended periods of time just yet, but there's some inexperience here too because it's not like Tyler has just got this huge body of work that he's played in all these games. We only played three games last year, you know, or four games, I guess it was, three and a half games, whatever. So, and he didn't, he played seven the year before at Oregon. So it's not like he's got a ton of starts under his belt. So he's still figuring it out. He just handles things like a professional. And I, I respect the way he goes about it. If anything, he th- he overthinks stuff. He he thinks about stuff too much uh, because he he's such a brainiac. Uh, but he's exactly what you want, I hope. And so we'll we'll kind of see what happens in the summer. But we're still two or three months away I, from trying to figure out who 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 will be the starter. I guess. 
I look at Tyler Shuck and Baron Morton as complete opposites in that it, you're right. Tyler takes is very methodical, very like he's not going to, he tries his best not to make mistakes. If he can't, uh, he's going to necessarily, he's going to pull the ball down. If he doesn't see the right, the right throw there to where I feel like Baron just goes. He just goes. He's gonna try to. He's gonna try to make magic happen. Very similar to if you remember Pat Mahomes' true freshman season, where he was. Pat Mahomes was out there. You know, some games Pat looked terrible, and then you had the Baylor game, the Baylor game, and the Texas game for that matter. Pat looks like the the beginning of what Pat ended up being, and so it's it's Baron is. I'm not trying to compare Baron Morton to, to Patrick Mahomes. Like we're not we're not gonna do that. But I am saying that in that Baron has that same ideology of I'm young, let's just do it. But that's though it's it's idea. There's ideology, and then there's um, immaturity, and I and that's I think where he we got to figure out when it comes to Baron Morton taking some of the it, figuring out is this still taking a smart play that Tyler does while still staying aggressive like you usually are. So that's where it comes in. Jeremy, what's your thoughts on the quarterback? I just... Chris is right. This is a really deep and talented, and talented in unique ways, quarterback room that we have. Uh, I think on the one end, of course, you've got Tyler Shuck. Man, he's got the look, right? He's got that QB1 look. Uh, High intellect, very, like he has the potential to be very good and very efficient, right? And we know he can run, but I guess out of the three, probably not the one you got, he want taken off all the time. Baron Morton, young. Chris put it really well. Again, just like everything's ahead of him. That's great. But boy, Donovan Smith <laughs> really stepped in for the Red Raiders last year. Has his like tremendous game against Iowa State, which ends with you know the best you know field goal in the history of college football. Maybe I would say so. Um, big body, like a lot of just really raw potential that I don't think he's tapped into. I would like to see a lot more of Donovan Smith now if he gets relegated to like the package quarterback and he's only playing you know on goal line and just very short yard scenarios, just kind of like putting him in a la who is the guy for Texas. Um, But just kind of like making the train there. I I just think that Donovan's going to end up leaving uh, because if I was him, I would understand that I have a potential to be a really good quarterback at maybe a different university or maybe a a university in a smaller power, like a smaller conference. Um, So it, it, Week one, for me, no doubt, I think both Morton and um, Shuck play. And I think week two, when we play Houston, that's going to be where the coaches are really going to have to concrete like one or the other. Uh, I'm I'm with Chris, at least how he was thinking of like, I don't think there should be this multiple quarterback system. I think quarterbacks are very, uh, it's very mental. And so as you're like playing well, um, you want to stay in that groove. And if you get pulled out, It'll, it'll take it a little bit away from you. Or if you're playing poorly and you can't, you know, push through and you get replaced, then you're having this like, okay, I'm getting pulled because I'm bad. And then that sticks. That kind of stuff sticks. And so I'm not a big fan of this multiple quarterback uh, offense. And, and, I, and I will say this. It's important to, to mention that whatever we think is the starting quarterback, bottom line is you're going to need more than one you know, you're you're going to need more than one throughout the season. This is a fact. If you if you have one that you pick that stays healthy and plays well throughout the season, it, this is a real life unicorn. Because this day and age, this is not happening anymore. You know, I mean, the days of when my exactly. I mean, you're you're, you're I think uh, one season 
out of the last like almost decade. Yeah, I was about to say you've, you've had do one you, guy. Do you know? Do you know the last guy? The last season Texas Tech had one quarterback start every game. It, was it Nick Shimanek or was it Patrick, Patrick it was Mahomes? Nick, it yeah, was Shimanek. Nick Shimanek. Yeah, I mean, and, big and that, expletive so, Nick. It just doesn't happen. So. Yeah, like, and, and so you look at the Big Twelve last year. It uh, everybody, everybody, either played multiple guys or pulled a guy because they were ineffective or somebody got hurt. This was a fact, and I think you you were a school that played what three different guys um, with uh, Tyler and Donovan and then Henry Columbia. So I mean, it's just, and I think three different guys started games for you. So whatever we want to talk about, ultimately, guess what? More than one of these guys is probably going to play and play quite a bit and could in fact start games, whether it be injury or ineffectiveness or whatever. Uh, that that's just something that's very important to mention as we kind of talk about this as a position, because you need all of these guys, you know, bottom line. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we kind of wind up to the end of the end of the episode here, and as I kind of, you know, open up I like what I like to do at the end of at the end of every episode, uh, pop open my fields of gold uh, Chardonnay right here, bubbly after the <laughs> after this episode and, and get going. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, other people that are probably popping their their uh, wine bottles on all the all the athletes that are taking peace of the NIL monster that is, right? This NIL thing that was busted open a year ago that everybody said, oh, it'd be great for the players. They'll be able to get paid off their name, image, and likeness. It'll be it'll be fantastic. It'll be a way for them to not just live off of the stipends that they're being given and not just live off of scholarship money, anything like that. You're actually going to be able to make money because you're good at what you do. It's fantastic. And I am a big believer in get paid, young man, get paid. People should get paid off of being good regardless. I'm a big believer in that. However, just like everything in college sports, if you give an inch, certain people take a thousand miles. And so the big story recently is, is the um, Jordan Addison recently entered the transfer portal. Uh, the Blitnikoff winner, pit wide receiver. Um, and somehow he entered it today as we're recording this Tuesday night. We entered it today, but everybody knew he was going to enter it and knows exactly the school he's most likely going to go to and the details of a certain NIL deal he's going to be taking. I would call that a the buying of a player to your university, which is not what the NIL was supposed to be about from the very beginning. Um, what is your opinion about just all of this, all of the, the stuff that's going on right now? What, what did everybody think was going to happen? I mean, that, that that's my opinion. Like, well, I mean, you know, you, you, you pe- people can't help themselves. Like, what, what did what did everybody think was was going to go on? Because you're right, name, image, and likeness was. It was like, man, why can't we let? Why can't the school sell jerseys and a kid get a cut? Why can't a kid operate in a commercial and and and, may, and maybe get and, and sponsor a, his own camp or whatever it is? But no, that that's not what's happening now. This is and, and a, Chris for about two months it was like that for two yeah, months. Yeah, Kevin McCullough right. got raising Kane's deals. It was all kumbaya for yeah. about two months. Now it's uh, hey man, I got seven figure deal here. If you want to come play for us. And and so it's just hard to rein it back in now. I mean, good luck. You can try to police it, but there's there's the the, the Nevin Shapiro's of the world that were years gone by. They're, they're sitting there twiddling their thumbs and being like, 
I, I've got all this disposable income. I'm going to go buy me a running back. I'm going to go buy me a power forward. I'm going to go buy me a point guard, like the life wallet guy down in Miami. I'm going to go buy Nigel Pack. Yeah, I mean, and, and yet – how dumb are you that you just like broadcast it to the world and then you're you're basically telling everybody on the team this is what this cat's getting i don't like that part i think that's stupid business uh most of these schools are are getting these kids if they do operate in some of the space they sign a non-disclosure agreement so nobody else knows what they're making where it's coming from whatever that's the best way to do it because otherwise you get jealousy involved in the locker room and that's a whole separate issue but it, it makes the head coach and assistant coaches because mainly guys l- let's just keep it real here this is mainly a men's basketball conversation there are some football players that are that are operating this way you mentioned jordan addison maybe going to usc and they're mad at lincoln riley and usc no he's playing the game you, you don't like the system you should have changed it he's just playing by the rules if you don't like the rules change him but they, they haven't done anything wrong if the kid the kid if he wants to not play at Pitt anymore and he wants to go play at USC and make a ton of money guess what he's allowed to don't don't get upset about it I mean it, it in my opinion but um I, I think though that this is a men's basketball conversation ultimately because you have what call it what it is now you have people involved we don't even know who they are that are really operating as like the front office and like a team president if you will like hey because i can tell you the way this is being conversed to to head coaches is who do you want okay i'll report back hey guess what we got him and the assistant coaches, they're not out on the road, like, watching, you know, some tournament or whatever. You're just sitting back and, and just waiting to see what players you're going to get. So it's just very weird and backwards. But this is the system. So I hope everybody buckles up because this is what you're going to be dealing with for a while. And I said earlier, I, t- I talked about what Mark Emmert is to me and what I'm going to remember him on. I think this is actually where his name is going to, because the thing about it is, is that I think NIL is a great thing. I think a lot of the transfer rules that have been brought in recently with the, the one-time transfer and it's, are all good things, but there's no, I think where the biggest issue is nothing in life. Do you just put out willy nilly without guardrails, without rules, without stipulations. And that's what ended up happening with both with, with, especially with the NIL issue um, and the transfer issue transfer had such tightly knit uh, uh, rules beforehand. And then you just kind of let it free. Like, ah, it's okay. Now the (laughs) transfer rules is it's, it's fine. It's okay. NIL, you know, we, so it's tight, tight before tight lip before. Now it's, ah, go get paid. It's okay. No guardrails. No, no tampering. No, no. And you're right in the fact of, USC, virtually what it seems like, did go out and buy Jordan Addison, but because they legally can't. There's no rules telling them that they, they can't. And so I'm not mad at USC. I'm mad at Mark Hammer and the NCAA for not having the foresight to put rules in place, to put guardrails, to really yeah, think and he, about and he didn't what's want to. the worst that could happen. Yeah, he didn't want to because at that point, then you make them employees and you get antitrust laws and unions and it's, yeah. it's a whole giant yeah. – the government's going to get involved. So that's why they just sat by and he just took his salary and was like, you know what, I think I'm going to resign. You know, that, that's – I mean, because this is this is where this thing's going, man. And, and like, I, I tell you what it does, though. It chips away a little bit at – some fans ability to connect with these teams and and players and all that and i that that part i do legitimately hate i don't know what you're supposed to do about it because the 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 keenan evans's the zach smith's the norrences 
the, the those guys in your program that that deal with tough times, they kind of grow up in front of your eyes. They change who they are as a person and as a player. Those days are largely over. You know, think think about it right now. Now that McCuller is is exited the building for your basketball team, there's not anybody on your team that Mark Adams could say this guy is our culture. This guy is how I want everybody to act. He knows how we do it here. Who is this person? You know, is it, I mean, I mean, I guess theoretically it could be Clarence Ndolny, and he's probably going to go play overseas. Yeah, Bacho. I mean, you know, you've got like Ethan Duncan and Bacho and and O'Banner. O'Banner's probably as close as you're going to get to that because he went through it last year. But it's just weird, um, it, it, and that part is hard for all coaches. But this is the space that they're operating in. The other thing is Malik Wilson. Okay, you mentioned the freebie transfer, Albert, and so Malik Wilson. He's he's at the he comes here from Louisiana, and now he's here. He's used his freebie transfer. Well, you think okay, we're going to grow old together. Well, guess what? Now he's in the portal. So is he really going to have to sit out a year if he does leave, or are they going to give him a waiver? And there's really no there's no need for this one freebie. You can just like leave whenever you want. And and it's because I thought okay, well he's for sure not going to leave because he's got to sit out a year. Nobody wants to do that right now. And yet he here he is in the portal. Well, and they're giving waivers out. Waivers are given, being given out like candy. You can find a major that Texas Tech doesn't carry, that the school carries, that you can say, oh, well, I've always wanted to be an underwater basket weaver, and Texas Tech doesn't have that major. So, therefore, you got to, you know, there's always ways around these rules, and it's just, it's, I guess, and I I, I, I mentioned before that I blame the NCAA for not having the foresight. Maybe they did, and they just didn't care. You know, and I, I'm not sure, but it's it's now we're in a situation where I do think in the next year or two i really do think that enough people are going to be enough people in power enough pits of the world enough uh, um you know small schools of the world are going to be upset enough to say we are not going to allow this enough kansas states are going to say we're not going to allow this to happen we need to put rules in place um and i think eventually you know schools are going to get tired of paying what, what did texas pay for their offensive linemen like they're, they're going to get tired of it I, i'm actually of the belief that early on it's it's the wild wild west. Well, but eventually, think, think about the businessman and you come in. Yeah, think about these names. You tell me if if these guys yeah. were worth the investment last year. Spencer Rattler. I mean, Derek King. He got a big old fancy deal. You know, the quarterback that went. You know, and and like DJ Uolungale. Quinn. Quinn Ewers. Yeah, up in Ohio State. And he's barely he's barely thrown any college passes okay just briefly in mop-up duty at Ohio State he's already gotten two massive NIL deals one in high school and one by Texas and so if he doesn't work out yeah you're right somebody's gonna go this what are we doing here or I need a different talent evaluator I need I need somebody to tell me the right guy to spend this money on but it's sad to me though for like the okay just this sounds Pollyanna-ish but like for the Big 12 basketball fan because I enjoyed watching Nigel Pack. I enjoyed watching Tyrese Hunter at Iowa State. These are really good players. This is why your league was thought to be one of the best leagues, if not the best league in the country, and everybody's RPI is off the charts because you have players like that in this league. Now you don't. I don't know where Tyrese Hunter is going to go. Nigel Pack obviously has exited the building. So that part that part just kind of sucks as a general sports fan. But again, you're allowed to go do what you want. And that's the, everybody's just got to kind of deal with it, I guess. Yeah. Jimmy, you're quiet down there. What are your thoughts? Yeah. My heart just breaks for the smaller schools. 
Um, we talked about it when the Bolitnikov, the, uh, the guy from Pitt, came out. We were talking about how... I mentioned about how it sucks for small schools who find these kids when they're not fully developed and then they grow up to be these really good players, kind of like what Chris is talking about. Uh, and they become like, you know, Pitt fans love this guy. And for him to have the ability, and again, nothing wrong with like, I don't know his situation. I don't know anything like that. Taking the money is usually always the right bet. They're playing the game. Uh, but it sucks for Pitt fans. And it sucks for the University of Pitt to like have this guy who's brought some attention to the university, but now that attention is going to be synonymous with like, oh, you're you're putting a target on your back because you developed an athlete and to be a really good athlete, and now somebody else is going to want him, and they're going to drop a bag, and there he goes. Um, and so it sucks for these smaller schools, and I'm with you, Albert. I think that if you go down this road and nothing happens, it, there's going to be fractionalism. And there's going to be like a point where university is like, you know what, f this. Like we're not going to just sit around and take this. If you want to play in like your league or whatever, where you could just buy everybody else out, do you? And this is this is an extreme, but I can see a future where smaller universities, smaller programs, like oh, we're not going to play this game, and they mitigate and they go to it, they make their own thing, and it's one where you cannot buy other players. Um, again, an extreme, but like you open up that realm when you start this game of like who has the bigger bag. Screw you because you don't have enough money. And that sucks. I think that sucks or, for college athletics. Or the other way around, right? We, I mean, the, the, the theory of the Super League has, has uh, been looming for the last couple of years as well. And it could be a situation where it's the other way around of, hey, I'm Ohio State. I can, you know what? Why, why am I competing against Purdue? I can just, I now am buying all the players that I want to. I'm, let's just form a league with 20 other teams that are in my, of my mindset. Let's go ahead and uh, have an NFL minor league, which is basically what that would be. Um, and, and, you know, this makes me sound old. It's because I am. But th- think about it in, in terms of this. Like, in in, in life, it, you know, we, you, you've given kids an out, and some kids are taking it, whether they don't like the situation or whether they're chasing money, whatever it is. But – if uh okay so in a real life situation and this is probably i don't know the best analogy but this is what i'm going to go with but and and sports teach so much and 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 when you when you grind through something and and you you see the other side of it and you you can look back and, and all that because think about it when adversity hits in your marriage do you, do you just do you hit the portal when adversity hits in your in your job do you hit the portal when adversity hits with a friend and you kind of have a scuffle or you you just disagree about something you're like yep i'm I'm going to the port we're not we're not but you see what i'm saying like these are these are real things the other thing too is you give all this money to these kids that really haven't ever had this not, not that they shouldn't get it but here's the tricky thing anybody that's gone on a date do you take them to uh ruth's chris on the first date because it, but you know, like the five star steakhouse. Because if, if you Setting do, the bar high. if you do, what what exactly <clears throat> is the second date going to be? You going to Turks and Caicos from there? You, you, you see what I'm <laughs> saying? Chris in college, in college, if you we went on a date with Albiel, we were going to Chickeny on the first date. All right, I'm gonna okay. take you to the move. I'm gonna take you there, Chickeny. Yeah, you're gonna have this. You're gonna have some great chicken. It's going to be chicken. It's going to be seven but, but bucks. You, but you right, guys you know, see what it. I'm saying. It's like you start dumping all this money into these kids. It, it, it's dangerous. Again, they should be allowed to get it. 
I just, yeah, there's just lots of things that unintended consequences that may happen here. And you just hope that good advice is being given, good uh, tax advice, financial planning advice, and all these things. It's just a lot to process. And at some point, if I'm if I'm telling everybody out there I've offered Nigel Pack four hundred grand a year and he's getting eight hundred over two years, at some point when Nigel Pack shows up and he's one for ten, and and uh, from the field one night and you lose to Duke, I'm like we're paying four hundred grand for this guy. I mean, like every his business is just all out there because it's a professional sport, and so these kids should be talked about differently and be more you can be more critical of these guys because remember everybody always say don't talk to college kids like that they're not professional athletes no yes they are they absolutely are so i don't not not that you should go out of your way to be mean to somebody i'm just saying but that comes with some certain things that, that get attached to that so anyway it's just the whole thing is weird it's like it, it, it scrambles the eggs up top for sure and it just feeds into my the NCAA is one of the worst run organizations in <laughs> in America, in my opinion, just because of stuff like this, you know, not having these these um, uh, these things put in place from the very beginning. It reminds me a lot. XFL right now is doing another iteration, um, but the last iteration that was ran by Oliver Luck uh, actually was successful up until the pandemic. And a big reason why is they prepared. They planned for two years. They planned. They watched the what the AAF or whatever it was called fail flail out. They watched other leagues flail out, and they said we're going to take two years to prepare for this thing, and it was a success. And now they're going to start it up again with this time it's The Rock uh, at the head of it. But they're also taking another two years to make sure this thing is right. Then you got the NCAA that's like, ah, you know what? I woke up today. Ah, screw it. Let the kids have as much money as they want with no, uh, let them transfer as much as they want. Let them do this. And it's fine, but you got to have rules in place. Got to have rules in place. Um, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Buckle up. Just buckle up. (laughs) Know your place and just buckle up. Yeah, this feels like the roller coaster that you're, you're like the, the track is above you. And your your oh, your legs are your legs are dangling, and it's like it feels like backwards, yeah. like you know when you're like you mm-hmm. said you're you're like strapped in and everything, you're sitting down and all that, but there's nothing beneath you, and your legs are just dangling, and you're riding on the roller coaster from the 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 inverted track, and it's just it's so backwards to the way we're supposed to be thinking. I mean, it's like the, the SMU using a gold Trans Am in their freaking recruiting graphic. I, I was genius. I loved it because they're just like, like we're the OG man. Like we invented this stuff, um, you know. So anyway, it's just it's just crazy how we've always grown up and thought, and and now it's just all out in the open and on social media for everybody to see. But you're right, buckle up, as he said. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, before we get out of here, last thing that I'll say: congrats to all the Red Raiders that did make the NFL. Uh, we got Eric Ezukama was drafted to the Miami Dolphins. Dawson Deaton drafted to the Cleveland Browns. Um, other guys got sound, signed, like Demarcus Fields getting signed to New Orleans. A big one was that got. Texas Tech Twitter and a tizzy. Uh, Jonathan Garibay got signed by the Cowboys. And once again, we got in a fight with our friends down in Austin because a lot of Cowboy fans that are UT grads felt it should have went to Cameron Dicker. They should not have. But um, Jonathan Garibay going to Dallas. Um, we have uh, Kalen Geiger going to Tampa Bay. 
and actually just came out. Travis Kuntz uh, also going to the Raiders. But here's an interesting news. Marcus Santos Silva, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. He is going to the Cleveland Browns. So um, definitely interesting there. But congrats to all the players that got drafted or signed. Um, Texas Tech sending more players to the NFL than Texas. One of my favorite traditions. Um, so for... The people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen, and for our Red Raider Sports bud that is Chris Level, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. As always, stay wrecked, people.